Yesterday we began the explanation of the feelings and the meanings behind Surah Al-Duha and we ended on this verse وَلَا سَوْفَ يُعْتِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْدَى that indeed, surely soon your Rabb will bestow upon you so much fatarda that you will be so happy. Now you know when Allah Ta'ala says He's going to make someone radhi, says kama yaliku shanahu, as befits the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this world if somebody has a lot of money, a lot of generosity, a lot of kindness, if they have a lot of someone, if a lot of love for someone, and they see that that person is sad, so they go to them and say, don't worry, I'll make you happy. Don't worry, I'll make it okay. Oh, I'm going to do so much for you that believe me, you will be happy. I'm going to keep giving to you and keep doing for you until you become completely content and happy. Even this word, Radhi here, is a very strong word in Arabic language. To be fully happy, completely content, completely satisfied, until your heart feels a delight and joy, until I put so much joy and delight in your heart, my beloved Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi sallam, that will erase all of this sorrow, it will erase all this huzn, it will make you forget all of that, that is how much I will endow you with. This is how much Allah subhanahu ta'ala is saying. And then Allah ta'ala shifted in this surah to mention those things that my beloved sallallahu don't you remember that I already did these things for you? Have I not already did these things for you? Alam yajidka yatiman fa'awa Allah Ta'ala mentions to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now here, Allah Ta'ala is using a different form. means Allah Ta'ala speaks in the third person. Allah Ta'ala could say, Alam ajidka yatiman fa'awa. That did I not find you to be an orphan? But here Allah Ta'ala uses the third person. Alam yajidka, did he, did he Allah not find you? Did he Allah not find you? Now here above also you saw that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used this third person form. 
But there Allah Ta'ala personalized it by saying, Rabbuka, your Rabb. Alam Yajidka, did not he, so the here goes back still to Rabbuka. Did not he, he who is your Rabb. Did he, did not he, he who is Rabbuka, who is your Rabb. Did he not find you, did not your Rabb, did he not find you, Yatiman. Did he not find you to be an orphan, Fa'awa. And he graced you and guided you and gave you the shelter of his mercy and protection. And it means also physically, did he not give you and bestow you a home? So as if what was an orphan? So an orphan is that person who has no parents. An orphan can also be that person who has nobody in the world. An orphan is that person who doesn't have any murabbi, somebody to do the tarbiyah, to raise them, to upbring them, to nurture them, to nurse them. An orphan can be that person who doesn't have anyone close to them, no wali, no wakil, no protector, no friend. And Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had to go through this process because his beloved father radiallahu ta'ala anhu passed away even before Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam entered into this world. And his father Sayyidina Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu when he married his mother Sayyidina Bibi Amna radiallahu ta'ala anha so his age, his own age of his father was 18 and his mother was 16 years old. Just after a few days of marriage, Sayyidina Abdullah Radhatanu, he had to go on a caravan of trade for the sake of his earning his livelihood. And during the early days of marriage, as everyone knows, it's difficult for newlyweds to be separate from each other. They want to beat each other, spend time with each other. So his beloved mother of the Prophet Sayyidina Bibi Amla Radhatanu, she was very grieved and sorrowed. And he told her that, no, I will be back soon. And when I come back, I wish that you should welcome me at the door. So they tore away from each other for the sake of earning this risky halal, for due to the necessities of this dunya. So after he made this statement to her that he would come back soon and he wished to find her at his door when he returned, he went away with the trade caravan and he got sick on his way back. And his way back was on the, by passing through Medina Manawara. And Medina Manawara was the place where his own in-laws used to live, the Bani Zahra. And then he told, they told him that don't travel any further and you stay with us until you get cured, until this illness goes away. So they kept him with them and then the caravan proceeded onward. Now when they kept him with the end and the caravan proceeded onward, so when that caravan arrived, Makkum Makarama, so all of the other women whose men had gone in that trade caravan. So all of them heard the news that the caravan is coming. So there was a happiness in each home. The women had dressed up their children to receive their fathers. They themselves were dressed up to receive their husbands as would be the case when a guest, the husband returns, the father returns, that prepared the home, prepared the meal. Every home and house home was full of joy at that time. And what happened that Sayyidina Bibi Aunar, she remembered her promise that I'm going to wait and be at the doorstep and waiting for my husband in order to welcome to him. So she stood at the door and she kept waiting and she kept waiting. When will my husband come so that I can welcome him home with love? Then all the people, other men of that caravan, of, they all returned and went to their homes. Bin Abdullah, the father of Blessed Nabi Karim, didn't return. So then she sent some messengers to ask from the other women folk that can you ask from your husbands or your fathers that my husband has not returned. So where is he? So when she asked around, she got the news that her beloved husband had fallen ill and was in Medina Manawar in Yathrib at that time. Known as Yathrib, later to be known as Medina Tayyib Medina Manawara. And then she got even more sad because it was far away, far away. Now what happened was the relatives, the other relatives, 
they offered to her, okay, no problem. We will go to Medina Manawara. We will go, a few of us, to Medina Manawara and we will bring back Sayyidina Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. We will escort him back. We will bring him back. So then the other relatives, they went there. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of planners. He is ahkum al-hakimin. Whatever is His will and wish decree, it always takes place. So when the relatives, they reached there, they found out that Sayyidina Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu had passed away in Medina Manawara and they had already buried him in Medina Manawara. They had already buried him in Medina Manawara. Now some ulama here, they mention that this is the wisdom of Allah ta'ala. Allah ta'ala was already placing an attachment to Medina Manawara in the heart of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam because it's natural to be attached and inclined and be inclined to accept the invitation to move and migrate to that city where you already have some ties. And this is a great tie if one's beloved father is laid to rest in that place. But the story was that Sayyidina Bibi Amnur, she wasn't just waiting for her beloved husband to come home, but she was waiting for him to come home because she wanted to give him the glad tidings that she was not expecting she was with child. Now you can imagine not just the grief of a wife, newlywed, young 16-year-old, 16-year-old young newlywed who has lost her newlywed 18-year-old husband. And on top of that, she was expecting with child and waiting anxiously that he will come and I will share this good news. And of course, the women who are listening, who are mothers, they can imagine what it would be like hmm, to become a widow at the age of 16. Allah Akbar. To be for a young girl, woman, to be a widow at the age of 16 in this state. Hmm? But despite her sorrow, and despite this grief, and despite this loss, she dealt with her circumstances with himma, with, with patience and fortitude and perseverance. Then you know the rest of the story that Sayyidina Rasulullah, he was ultimately, he was born and this world was blessed with his birth. This world was blessed with his coming. The Mashayikh, they say this was the sunrise of the universe. This was the moment of the universe. This is when you find that if sometimes there's a stage and you set the whole stage and you decorate that place. Why? Because there's a main guest, chief guest, special guest coming. The entire universe, all of makhluk was created by Allah Ta'ala simply to set the stage for the arrival of His beloved Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ It means Allah Ta'ala sent the Prophet إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Except as a rahmah and mercy to all the worlds. So the manifestation of this أَرْسَلْنَاكَ was the first incident of the birth of beloved baby Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now because it was the practice of that time, and Allah Akbar, we cannot ourselves understand this cultural history. But the practice at that time was that the women and the families, especially the Sadat, means the more noble families and more noble lineages like the Ahl Quraysh to which beloved Nabi Kareem Sallallahu belonged. It was their practice in Makkah that they would give their babies to women who would come from Taif, this hill station up in the valley, slightly mountainous area, they would come down and take the babies away so that the babies would be raised in a pure, pristine environment of air. Allah Akbar, we can't even imagine like that. For us, if we imagine the time of, especially the, me from New York City and those of you who live in cities, to even Makkah Makarmah at that time for us would already be considered a very rural area, a very pure countryside, a very pristine area. But they were so pure in their raising of their children 
They wanted such pure upbringing that in this infancy state, they would send their babies away. Allah Akbar. So just like that, you all know the famous story that Halima Sadia radiallahu ta'ala anha, so she was one of those women of Taif who also came to Makkah Mukarramah every year at periodically in these seasons to try to find a baby to take and they would be given compensation for this. So you may remember the story that her mount, she was had a hold mount, an old steed. So she was a bit slow in arriving. And she came to Makkah Mukarramah towards the end. And all of the other women who wanted to be wet nursing mothers, they had already come and taken the leading babies from the leading families of Makkah Mukarramah. So upon her arrival, she initially felt sad that, oh, my mount was so slow. Now I arrived late. Who knows, maybe even if there is even any baby left for me to take, and if there's not, then I would have made this journey in vain. But then she found Bibi Amna radiallahu anha, and when she cast her first glance on Sayyidina Rasulullah sallam on his beloved, brilliant, luminous face and countenance, she was so happy that she had come so late, because she said, this is the best baby I've ever seen. Allah Akbar. So she took... She took baby Nabi Akrim Sallam back with her to Taif. Hmm? Back with her to Taif. And she was a noble woman, a pious woman, a wonderful woman, and her whole family were wonderful and they took care of Nabi Akrim Sallam. Alam Yajidka Yatiman Fa'awa. This is the beginning of Allah Ta'ala doing that rububiyya, of Allah Ta'ala guiding that orphan Nabi Akrim Sallam. So then when Nabi Akrim Sallam he went to Taif, then see what Allah Ta'ala is reminding this whole story to the Prophet Sallallahu Now obviously Nabi Sallam knew this. But maybe Allah Ta'ala was emphasizing this, that it's not just beginning when I sent wahi to you in cave of Mount Hare, Ikra Bismillah It's all the way since the being, all this time I've been with you. All this time I've been supporting you. Or my love for you is deep. My love for you is pre-eternal. And my love for you is eternal. So the eternality of the love that was that for now, future forever, Allah Ta'ala will bestow upon you, your Rabb will bestow upon you so much that you're happy. But don't you remember, Alam Yajidka, don't you remember that since past forever, your Rabb has also loved you. Allah Akbar. Then, when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam was there in Taif and he spent those few two years with Bibi Halima Sadi so she narrates so many incidents in the book of Sirah how beautiful he was, how beloved he was, how her own daughter used to stare and gaze at him at the beautiful baby, how when they used to she used to go and herd the sheep all the sheep and goats would quickly eat the grass and they would come back and they would also just stare at the baby Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Here that's a long story. But Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu then eventually was taken back by Halima Sadia radiallahu ta'ala anha and given back to his noble mother Sayyidina Bibi Amna radiallahu ta'ala anha. Then it comes in the works of Sirah that when Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wasallam reached six years of age at that time, then Bibi Sayyidah Amin she decided to visit Medina Manawra along with her six-year-old young beloved Nabi Karim some boy. Now when Nabi Karim he narrates this about himself, that when we went to Medina Manawra when I was at this tender age of six, then my mother, she went to a grave. 
means it was the resting place of Sayyidina Abdullah radiyatana anhu. And he says that she started saying something which I couldn't hear at the grave and she had tears in her blessed eyes. And when I saw my mother crying, then I started crying as well. When I started when I saw my mother crying, I started crying as well. Now imagine this young woman now, she is now 22. So from age 16 to 22, six years she had raised Sayyidina Rasulullah then sent him away, then had him back. And now after six years, she's finally getting a chance to go to Medina Manawara. So now that woman, after bidding farewell to her beloved husband, shortly after her marriage, is now six years finding herself standing at his resting place at his grave. So Allah knows best what she would have said. But we can imagine that she must have said, that, oh, may have said, addressed her husband like this, that, oh, my beloved husband, you said you would come back and you wanted to see me at your door. I was waiting at the door and I wanted you to come back and you gave me an amana, a trust, a blessing, and I've brought this beautiful, look what a beautiful son Allah SWT has given us. I wish you could see that glowing light in the face of your son. Then you would know the beauty that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Hmm? Now, after making this journey and bringing the Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam to visit this place, then they decided to go back. Now, when they went back to Makkah Makarama, Nabi Kareem sallallahu is six years old at this time. She is twenty-two years old at this time, and she had a khadma attendant with her. On the way back, when they reached the place of Abwa, at that place, Sayyidina Bibi, Sayyidina Bibi Amr, that she passed away herself. Now can you imagine the shock and grief and sorrow and sadness that must have come to the heart of the young, beloved six-year-old Nabi Kareem sallallahu boy that first he had never ever seen and known his father and now his mother had taken him and showed him this is the grave of your father. So he realized I had a father and this is the grave of my father and now he's coming back with his one and only mother Probably now he had even more love for his mother, more love for that single parent. And now Sahih Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam coming back and at the tender age of six, Allah Ta'ala took the shade of his mother also away from him. So Umm Ayman who was that khadama who was with Sayyidah Bibi Amnud, then she brought Nabi Yukusim back to Makkah She brought him back to Makkah Then Abdul Muttalib who was the grandfather of Nabi Yukusim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and with whom they were staying is mentioned in the works of Sira that he was so in love with this beloved, beautiful grandson of his that as soon as Bibi Amna said the Bibi Amna she took the Prophet to Madinah Manawra, he was missing Nabi Kareem Sallallahu He was anxiously waiting for the return of my, his grandson. And he would then go sometimes on the streets of Makkah Makarramah, on the paths that lead to Medina Manara, and sit there and wait and look in the horizon, waiting for his beloved grandson to come back. Because he was also attracted. He was attracted, yes, to the beauty, but also he was attracted to the nur inside the heart of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So one day he was sitting there, like was his practice many days, staring at the path that leads from Medina Manawra, and sure enough he saw, but what did he see? That the party of three isn't coming, a party of two is coming, and as they came closer, he saw that his Umm Ayman, the Khadama, and the young boy, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but the mother say that Bibi Aminat is missing, is not with them. So then when they came close, Abdul Muttalib, he asked, Umm Ayman that where is the mother where is Bibi Sayyidah Amnar Anha and then the Khadama she told him what had happened that no she passed away nearby here on the way in Abuha 
So when he heard that, then Abdul Muttalib, he clasped Nabi, he held Nabi Yukrim and clasped him to his chest. And he held him tightly and he tried to console this beloved Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who had now become completely an orphan at the tender age of six, had lost both of his parents. Alam yajidka yatiman fa'awa. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying, that did we not know we found you an orphan? Did we not give you shelter? Did we not guide you out of that? Did we not protect you from that sorrow? Did we not give you happiness after that sorrow? Did we not give you joy after that difficulty? Then Allah Ta'ala continues, وَوَجَدَكَ دَالًا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ دَالًا فَهَدَى To understand this word dal and dalala, it has two meanings in Arabic language. This is the feature of Arabic. Sometimes the word has what we call a lughui lavzi mana, and then the word has a shari mana. Lughui lavzi mana means its linguistic definition, its dictionary definition, and shari mana means the way the word has been used as a term in Sharia. So in Sharia, the word dalala means to be astray, away from the path of Sharia, to be misguided. But here Allah Taala could never describe Nabi Kareem sallallahu like that. Here it's being used in the lughui lavzi mana dictionary definition, it simply means that now your path in life you were lost. means you were without direction. Does it mean you were misdirected? Does it mean you were misguided? It means, So then we, then Allah Ta'ala is saying that Allah Ta'ala, He Allah, He again, Rabbuka, He your Rabb, He found you, He discovered you, lost and without a path Fahada and then Allah Ta'ala out of his own mercy and karam and fazl, he sent his hidayah and he guided you onto the path. He took over and he guided you throughout your life. He guided you throughout your life. Hmm? And some ulama of tafsir say this refers in the first instance to an incident when Sayyidina Rasulullah وسلم, was seven years old. So the year after this, and one day he was walking on the streets of Makkah Mukarramah and he lost his way. He lost direction. He lost his sense of direction. And none other than Abu Jahl actually, Abu Jahl found him wandering and lost in, in direction and gave him a ride back in his camel. So some ulama said has mentioned this incident that look, don't you remember that first you were team and Allah Ta'ala guided you, gave you shelter. Then after that you were once when you were seven, you had lost your direction and Allah Ta'ala sent somebody to guide you. Hmm? But it can be much stronger than this. What another meaning it is, it's about Nabi Kareem Sassam going up to the cave in Mount Hira. That we found you lost. Lost means what? That you had the nur of Nabuwa in you and your heart was searching, your heart was yearning, your heart knew that there was some greater supreme being and you were looking for it but you were lost about how to find this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You were lost that you felt this thing in your breast, this nur, this feeling, but you were lost means you didn't know. You didn't know how to quench that thirst. You didn't know how to fulfill these feelings. So fahada, Allah ta'ala as we sent hidayah on you, when we did zuhur and nabuwa, when we manifested and revealed your prophecy to you in the first wahi ikra bismi rabbikal ladhi khalaq. Allahu Akbar. There's so many ways Allah Ta'ala sent His special hidayah on Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then next, وَبَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى وَبَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى 
What does it mean? And he means he, your Rabb Allah. He, Allah, who is your Rabb. What did he do? He found you. Ah, Allah, he found you in a state of need, in a state of want. Fa'agna. And then Allah Ta'ala, he, he made you mustaghni. He made you free of need, free of want. What does it mean? Nabi Kareem Sassam is an orphan. Without his parents, he found himself in a state of need. And then all of you know, then he went and to look for work. And then he was employed by who would later become his beloved wife, Ummu Mu'minin Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. And how then Allah ta'ala enabled the wealth of Ummu Mu'minin Khadija radiallahu ta'ala to make Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wealthy. Then later Allah ta'ala will make the wealth of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and make Nabi Kareem Sassam wealthy. Then Allah ta'ala will take the wealth of Sayyidina Usman al-Ghani and make Nabi Kareem Sassam wealthy. Or then Allah ta'ala after Fatih Makkah will take all of the treasures of this world and place them at the feet of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is Allah ta'ala fa'agna Allah Akbar. To hear Allah ta'ala is mentioning these favors. Another meaning. Another meaning of Aila is that we found that your heart was in need, need again of this thirst, this connection to Allah Ta'ala because of the latent Nabuwa, Fa'agna. We made you free from any need, we made you free from any searching. Allah Ta'ala Himself directly through His Wahi fulfilled every spiritual need and every spiritual thirst of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We found you in need, you were searching for me. We bestowed salah upon you. We found you in need, we bestowed ibadah upon you. We sent revelation upon you. We bestowed Quran upon you. In so many different ways. So then Allah Ta'ala mentions, it's in this part of the surah, Allah Ta'ala mentioned these three favors. Three of the many infinite limitless favors that Allah Ta'ala bestowed upon Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is the way of love. This is all expression of love. Hmm? That when the lover is consoling their beloved, they say that, no, no, I will do everything, take care of everything, make you happy. And don't you see how much I've already done for you? Don't you remember I was always there for you? Isn't it me who've always made you happy in the past? This is the way, this is the feeling and flavor of these passages. This is the way Allah Ta'ala is talking to Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then Allah Ta'ala concludes this surah, this revelation, by giving Sayyidina Rasulullah some three advices. And through Nabi Kareem sallam, through this Quranic revelation, recitation, three advices to the whole ummah, three advices to all of us. So what is there? فَأَمَّ الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرُ Allah Ta'ala says that first, that as far as the orphan goes, as far as the yatim goes, فَلَا تَقْهَرُ do not be scolding and rude and oppressive to them. Don't sideline them. And this is already the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa That he himself obviously was a yatim, but he had love for yatim. He had love for the orphans. It comes one in hadith that once Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu was leaving his home to offer to pray the Eid Salah. And on the way he saw the children of Makkah Mukarramah. They were playing in the pathways of Makkah Mukarramah. And they were all neat and tidy and wearing nice clothes and well-dressed and being happy with each other, enjoying the joyous occasion of Eid as Allah Ta'ala wishes it to be enjoyed. And when Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed them, then they greeted him, As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. And he greeted them. And then when he went a bit further and he passed by those children, he saw another child who was sitting alone. 
And that child was sad. And they were happy. That child was wearing old clothes. They were working new, wearing new clothes. This child didn't look so clean, tidy, fresh. And they had looked freshened up and showered up. So Nabi Kareem وسلم, he stopped. Rahmatullah he stopped. And he went to that child. And he asked that child, that, Oh young child, why are you sitting there alone? Why are you looking so sad? So the child replied to Nabi Kareem وسلم, that I am a yatim, I am an orphan, my father has passed away, otherwise he would be holding my hand and taking me to pray Eid Salah. My father has passed away, otherwise he would have gotten me new clothes and adorned me with them. Oh, my mother has passed away, otherwise she would have bathed me on this day, she would have adorned me on this day, she would have put these new clothes on me on this day, and were my father and mother to have been here, I would also also have been like that and I have gone and played with those other rest of those children as well but because they are not here and I don't have those clothes and I don't have that bath and I don't have that feeling so I am sitting here sadly remembering and missing my father and mother so Rabbi Akrim he heard this and he asked that child to come with him and he turned back Going to lead Eid Salah, he turned back and he went back to his home. And he went back to his home. And Ummu Mu'mineen said, the Aisha brother, she said, Ya Rasulullah, you have come back. And he said, oh yes, my beloved wife, I've come back. And the child was roughly the age, much later in Sirah, the child was roughly the age of his beloved grandson, Sayyidina Hassan, radiallahu ta'ala. So he said, oh Aisha, I've brought this young orphan boy. I want you to bathe him. I want you to take Hassan, radiallahu ta'ala's new clothing, and I want you to put it on him. And he sent a message to Sayyidina Fatima that sent some clothing of Hassan, that I have another child, I need to get that clothing on him. Ummu Mu'mineen Sayyida Aisha radiallahu ta'ala She bathed that child herself. Bibi Fatima radiallahu She sent the clothes for that child herself. Then Ummu Mu'mineen Sayyida Aisha She dressed that child up in those clothes himself, herself. Then she put scent on that child herself. Then she combed that child herself. Then that child was presented to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Then Nabi Kareem again turned back and went to Eid Salah. And he was walking with that child and that child was happy. He must have been joyous. But then the child remembered one more thing about his father. And he said that, Oh, beloved Prophet ﷺ, when my father used to take me for Eid Salah, he used to pick me up and let me ride on his back. So when Nabi Akrim ﷺ heard that, he sat down. Salam. <laughs> He sat down, Rahmatullah Alameen, lowering himself with love for Yateem. And he told that child that, Oh, your father let you ride his back. I am your father today. You climb and you ride on my back. You climb up and you sit on my back. Allah Akbar. So the child, he got up and he rode on the back of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then Nabi Akrim passed, went on the same way, the same path to Eid Salah. And he passed those same children again, who had initially passed, who had seen them happy, and they had said salam to him. And now the children they saw, look, Nabi Akrim passing again, but there's something different now. Before he was passing alone, and now he has this other, that boy who was sad, and that boy who was alone. They said that, oh, they have, Nabi Akrim has this boy riding on his back. So then they called out to that boy and said, Oh young boy, 
O young friend, what happened? So the child told them that my Nabi Kareem has made me his son for this day. So when he told that, then of all those children, one of those, one of those children, he took a deep gasp and sigh. He said, Gosh, maybe Yatim Hota. I wish I was an orphan also, that my Nabi Kareem would have made me his son on this day as well, and he would have taken me on his back. Look at the love for the children for Nabi Kareem wasallam. They would wish to be orphans from their parents just to get the tender love of Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar kabira. So on the one hand, Allah Ta'ala is telling Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the ulama here, they wrote that Allah, Nabi Akram always been like this. But Allah Ta'ala made this, uh, uh, manifested this ayah practically in the life of the seerah to this incident. Which ayah, فَأَمَّ yatima فَلَا so Nabi Kareem Sassam, then he took the child for the Eid prayer. Then he sat on mimbar, sunnah mimbar of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he made the child sit with him. And then he gave khutbah of Eid. And then during the khutbah of Eid, he put his hand on the child, of, the head of that child. And then he said that hadith, that whenever a person places his hand on the head of an orphan in compassion and love, then for every single hair of the, on the head of that orphan, he will get a blessing and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He demonstrated it. He showed it in Eid Salah. This is our deen. This is the teaching of our deen. Another hadith in Sahih Bukhari Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that anyone who takes care of an orphan who becomes kafil, uh, becomes caretaker and guardian from an orphan. So he raised up his fingers and said, he will be fil jannati hakada. He will be in jannah with me just like this. Allah Akbar. Allah Ta'ala saying, take care of the yateem. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam practically taking care of the yateem. Then Nabi Kareem sallam giving promise of his companionship, ittisal, wasul, kurb, with himself to that person who takes care of an orphan. Hmm? How many of us have ever done this? How many of us have ever visited a single orphanage in our life? How many of us have put our hand on the head of a single orphan in our life? How many orphans are there in this ummah? How many hundreds and thousands of orphans there are? Many due to war, many due to refugee, many due to this natural illness. Hmm? When are we going to revive the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam? This is also, here we are in sunnah itikaf, but these are also for those who are not, or if Allah alam, I don't know what is in Stenger, but even for women locally within reason, they should also visit the orphanages. Because just like the child needs a father, the child needs a mother. Just like the child needs the father, the child needs the mother. So this is the care. This is the care. Now what is, why, what's the rabt? What's the rabt and the, the connection in the surah? So Allah Ta'ala is telling Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and telling all of us that if we reach out and take care of those who are abandoned, those who have apparently outwardly have no one, if we reach out to them, then Allah Ta'ala will reach out to us then Allah Ta'ala will see to it that we are never spiritual orphans again. We don't understand this, this concept of hukuk al-ibad is something that can help us in our deen. Maybe, 
maybe that extra special mercy of Allah Ta'ala, that were it have come upon us, that would have fixed us, that would have cured our lust, that would have cured our anger, but we didn't get that extra special mercy of Allah Ta'ala, because that extra special mercy was bound with us showing our extra special compassion to the orphans of this ummah. So sometimes if a person says, I don't understand, I'm stuck in sin, I make tawbah, but again I return to sin. Well, it might be because your exit from that sin isn't just your own istighfar, isn't just your own seeking Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, isn't just your own making tawbah to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala made a special extra step that you had to do, and that was hukuk al-ibad, that was khidmat al-khalq, that was service of creation, that was reaching out to the orphan, maybe reaching out to the widow, reaching out to the war stricken, maybe reaching out to the homeless, if you had done that also, then Allah Ta'ala would have sent His special mercy and accepted your tawbah. Allah Ta'ala would have taken you out from sin. And until you do that, until you have compassion for others, you might be stuck in the sin and then crying and making tawbah and again stuck in sin and again crying and making tawbah, you won't be able to leave this circuit until you follow the complete teachings of deen. This is why one of the main spirits of Ramadan one of the other main lessons of Ramadan is to feel the compassion for the poor and the needy and for the hungry. This is why Allah Ta'ala makes us, one of the reasons why Allah Ta'ala makes us go through this exercise of fasting from Fajr to Maghrib to feel that pain, to feel those pangs of hunger. And it's just temporary. And we know that as soon as Maghrib Adhan comes, we can remove those pangs of hunger. And those who are living in their homes, they can remove those pangs of hunger with any dish they want, with their favorite food. Or their women folk ask them in the morning, what would you like me to cook for you for iftar today? But the people who are poor, their hunger, it doesn't go away at Maghrib Adhan. There's no one offering them that we will cook whatever you want. They don't have this ability to remove that hunger whenever and however they want. So we were supposed to feel it temporarily so we would have that compassion. That's why Ramadan is also a month of charity. Whether it's zakat or sadqah, and especially your zakat should be given to the most poor of the ummah, the poorest of the ummah, the most needy of the ummah. This is the real true spirit of zakat, is to remove that extreme poverty to remove that extreme poverty. And it's not enough just to write a check from the comfort of your own home. No, you should go out. You should meet those poor, be with those poor. If it's a place where they give food out, for example, you should go and ask that organization, but don't just take the check from me, take me with you. I want to go there. I want to distribute the food to the poor. Because you will, you will feel it more. You will feel more palpably the poverty and hunger when you go out and see it. It's not enough for those of us who are well off to just do this from the confines of our home. We don't want to be near it. We don't want to see it. We shy away from it. No. Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sassam was to be with the poor, be among the poor, to walk among the poor, to do khidmat of the poor. Sunnah of Khulafai Rashidun, Sunnah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. And to see and to take joy in the smiles of the children when you give the charity to them. Yes, because this is what will happen. 
Many times if you go for the food distribution, so the husbands and fathers don't come because they're busy working somewhere as a manual laborer trying to get some money. So sometimes it's the women and they have to bring their children because they don't have any maids or people to look after their children in their humble dwellings or huts or shacks that they live in. So they bring their children with them. But you will get a joy because when you distribute that food or you distribute that sugar or you distribute that honey and when the children see that being distributed, they get a smile on their face. That smile is what you need to see. You can't see that smile just by writing the check in the comfort of your home. Hmm? But this is a feeling. This is a sunnah feeling of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So one thing is then yatim. Then the next thing Allah Ta'ala mentioning, وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرَ لَا تَنْهَرَ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ That person who asks. Now here in the first instance it means what? وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ It means that beggar. That person who asks for the piece of bread means pure poverty, abject hunger, right? And it's wrong sometimes people, they think that everyone in front of them is a professional beggar. How do you know? How do you know who is made begging a profession and who is begging out of need? Can you say you know with yakin? Can you say you know with yakin? So okay, fine, if you insist, no, if I give them money and they're drug addicts, so fine, give them food carry food with you. Take food with them. You didn't have food with them. Tell them, I'm going home. I'm coming straight back. You stay right here on this intersection. I live just a few minutes away. I'm going to go home and bring you food. Which food? No, don't bring the most leftover food, the most rotten food, yesterday's food. Why can't you bring the food that your woman just prepared for you that day? This is the sunnah of Sayyidina Ali, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that the beggars used to come, the needy used to come, the hungry used to come. Whatever small, humble thing his beloved wife say the Fatima had made for him that day that is what he used to give hmm? so it's, this is not the attitude a lot of Muslims have today towards this is they don't give they get upset why is the person knocking on the window why is she knocking on the window oh look I saw she had a bracelet Allah Akbar fine she has some bangle on her wrist but you should think that, Ya Allah, you saved my wife from knocking on people's windows. You saved my mother from knocking on anybody's windows. You saved my daughter from knocking on it. Just shukr for that. Just out of shukr that none of the women in my family have to knock at anyone's window. Ya Rabbi, give this woman something. If you don't want to give money, give her food, give her clothing, give her nourishment, give something. You can't say no. You can't reprimand and sternly send them away. And so many Muslims, they do this. They give a dirty look out the window. فَلَا tanhar. We're forgetting Qur'an. You're forgetting Qur'an. Like I said, don't give the cash if you're worried that there's some criminal element or some drug addiction. But you must give something. Must give something. So in the very first instance, this is Allah Ta'ala training us. But it also means any type of sa'il, so the ulama and arafin, they took this verse even wider. That it's not just about the one who is asking out of need or beggar. They said, any sa'il. So ulama mentioned even the person who is asking sincerely with ikhlas. They are talib of ilm. They are making su'al. Fas'alu ahla dhikrin kuntum la ta'lamun. They are asking to seek knowledge, to seek hidayah. So the ulama used to take this verse in the adab of the teacher, that the teacher should always be kind and merciful and compassionate towards their student. They should never reprimand the student, they should never scold the student. Hmm? But originally, yes, it means about those who are asking out of need. 
And for those who ask out of need, Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned hadith that if somebody comes and asks for a piece of bread or something to eat, so three people are forgiven. What if the bread is given? Number one, the person who earned to provide for that food. Number two, the woman or person who prepared that food. And number three, anyone who gave the food in the hand of that beggar. That's why we saw in some of the pious families in Pakistan that any, and especially in Ramadan, it was known that the women, they would make extra food. They would have packets of food. At the time of suhoor, time of iftar, anyone who would knock on their gate, it may be man, it may be woman, they wouldn't scrutinize, they wouldn't analyze, they wouldn't examine, does this person look frail and weak enough that I genuinely believe they're needy? They wouldn't think like that. That is such a cruel way of thinking that you look them up and down and size up their physical strength and you determine whether you think they are needy or not. Oh, like a day they've come to you asking for you for food. Hmm? So mashallah they would give and they would try to give it from the hands of their children because of this. So they would tell their child that you give it to them. You give it to them. So that the one who earns, and mostly would have been the husband, father, and the one who made the food would be the mother and the woman, and the person who gives it the child, they view this as a means of their whole family getting maghfirah. And they were so desirous of that maghfirah and that forgiveness that they were happy to give. They would be sad if, oh today, mother, nobody can knock at our gate. They would be sad. They would cry to Allah Ta'ala that, Ya Rab, what sins did we do today due to which you did not send one of your sa'ileen, one of your fuqara to our door? This is the feeling that a person should have. This is the feeling that a person should have. And just like that, when we mentioned, the ulama mentioned the sa'il also, a student of knowledge. So there's a similar hadith like that. Then Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the talib-i-ilm, the talib-i-ilm, when he seeks that knowledge, so then the four people are forgiven. The one who seeks that knowledge, you can say, ask the question. Then the person who teaches that knowledge, you can say, answer the question. Then the other people who were there, present in that gathering, you can call it the classmates, and those who arrange for that dars, that place of learning to take place, all four such people are forgiven. So these were the three things Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an. فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ Then وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ And then third thing that Allah Ta'ala mentions, and this is the end of the surah, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ So remember, first Allah Ta'ala reminded three things, that we found you as orphan, we found you lost, right? Then Allah Ta'ala mentioned these three things. And then the last third thing, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ What does it mean? So first, it means that Allah Ta'ala is saying, this first thing is a ni'mah from Allah Ta'ala. What? مَا وَدَّأَكَ رَبُّكَ مَا وَدَّأَكَ رَبُّكَ That produces a ni'mah and bounty from Allah Ta'ala. That Allah has not left you. That Allah has not forsaken you. That Allah Ta'ala does love you. That Allah Ta'ala will bestow upon you. So in the first, it means proclaim this surah to everyone in Makkah Mukarramah. Tell all of the people of Makkah that the bounty and blessing that Allah Ta'ala has on you, that you were the most beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never is it possible that the Rabb has forsaken you, that he has left you. He has never even turned the attentive gaze of his mercy and love from you for a moment. So then the Bhagavad got even more happy. So like you tell the person that okay, like somebody says to someone that don't be sad, I will console you, I will make you happy. Go, you tell, I want you to tell everyone that I'm going to make you happy. I want you to tell everyone that I'm not upset with you. I want you to go tell everyone that I'm not angry with you. So this is what happened. And this surah made Nabi Kareem Sassam happy. And he used to recite the surah in salah. He used to enjoy to recite the surah in salah. He was 
proclaiming the bounty and blessing in the fahadith. He was exposing, expositing and proclaiming this bounty and blessing that Allah Ta'ala gave him. Hmm? You can see how much love Allah Ta'ala has for Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now what also we lessons we learn from this. Here, one just comment about this. So the ulama mentioned here that if Allah Ta'ala gives you some bounty and blessing, you can share it and mention it to others out of joy. But you must make sure there is no arrogance or pride, ujub or conceit, and there is no riya, there is no showing off or display or ostentation when you do that. You know sometimes people have this practice, especially in our countries, they say, تحديث نعمت کے طور پر so they take these words from Quran al-Kareem and they spin it. So they say that I'll only in order to share with you the bounty and blessing of Allah Ta'ala, I want to let you know that I've been on Hajj 27 times or I've done this. But actually just saying this sentence as a preface doesn't mean it's permissible. You must look in your heart. This ayah is not giving a person open license to mention every bounty and blessing Allah Ta'ala has given them. They must make sure that there is not even the drop, not even the danger of the drop, not even the scent of arrogant pride and conceit, ujub, and not even the scent of riya, showing off and displaying to others. And even if that is absent, still a person should only do it if there is some purpose, some hikmah, some wisdom in doing so. So this was very important for Nabi Kareem sallallahu to dispel the fitna that the, uh, the mushrikeen of Makkah had spread, trying to confuse the people. Because remember, like we mentioned yesterday, this is the very early revelation. So Nabi Kareem sallallahu knew there yet few, only few people who have at this point accepted Iman, and there's so many yet to accept, so many who are probably considering, who are wondering is he really a prophet, is he not are the mushrikeen correct in what they say is he just a magician, is he just a soothsayer, so Allah Ta'ala knew that there were these people who were considering so it had to be proclaimed loud and clear and spread that no, no revelation has come and don't think it stopped for that reason and Allah Ta'ala does love Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so there was a hikmah, there was a wisdom, there's a purpose. So yes, whenever there's a wisdom and purpose in sharing some bounty and blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then a person with extreme humility should share that. Like we mentioned to the men last night, we can share again with the women that one of the great mashayikh of our Sulsullah Ali Naqshbandi Mujaddidiyya, his name was Hazrat Khwaja Fazal Ali, Quraysh Ramtaylay. Hazrat Khwaja Fazal Ali, Quraysh Ramtaylay. So once he came out to do majlis with his murideen and he sat on his place, sit, sitting place and he told them that, oh faqir, because he used to address his murids like this, that all oh, those who are needy and dependent of Allah, Ya ayyuhannas antamul fuqarao illallah, he said, oh faqirs, last night, I was having severe gas in my stomach and I had to turn and turn from side to side such that I had to start rolling in my bed to ease some of the pain that I felt and after some time only that Allah Ta'ala enabled me to pass wind and then this gas and bloating was relieved. Allah Akbar. So the fuqara, the muridin, they were stunned that what is Shaykh talking about? What is Shaykh mentioning? And then after that he said, so this was this was Amma Hadith. He said, O oh, Fakir, O oh, Murideen, last night I also had Ziyarah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in dream and he told me, O oh, Fazl Ali, the Jamaat that you have pre- prepared in Ittibai Sunnah, that group of lovers of Allah that you have prepared, their level of adherence to the Sunnah is unparalleled and unmatched anywhere in this world. 
So to make sure there was no scent of ujub and pride, to make sure there was no riyad, no display, he first lowered himself and humbled himself. But he told it to them so that they know that this sunnah that you're following has been accepted by Allah Ta'ala. That you should be more desirous to follow sunnah. And this would be a legacy that ittibai sunnah, kamal ittibai sunnah, perfectly, completely following the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi is what brings the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now yes, on occasion a person may mention like that. And if ever a person is in doubt that should I mention it or should I not, they should wait. They should wait and keep working on their heart. Keep purifying the ujub. Keep purifying the riyah. If there was some benefit, Allah Ta'ala can bring that benefit through other ways. Never think that the only way Allah Ta'ala can benefit people is through our own prideful and ostentatious displays of what knowledge Allah Ta'ala has given us. Hmm? So this is the teaching. So here, so this was one comment we wanted to make about this. So the overall the lesson and teaching of this surah is like we mentioned yesterday. It shows the love that Allah Ta'ala had for Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It also showed how much Nabi Kareem loved Allah Ta'ala. So all men and women listening and present and anywhere, we should remember this. This is the true love, the pangs of love, the yearnings of love, the longings of love, the fear of separation, the sadness of separation, the joy at communication, all of this is for our dini love, is for our, should be reserved, like we told yesterday, isht, pure true love, should be reserved, ishki ilahi at ishki rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's where you'll find even our Trishnam Tasawwuf, we will never use this word ishki shaykh. No, we can talk about muhabbat shaykh. You will never use the word ishq shaykh because ishq is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ishq is only for Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu that pure love, undying love, unfading love, extreme love, intense love must come into our heart. And so when we learn this surah and now inshallah in few days left we have in Ramadan and even after Ramadan now we should try to recite this surah in our salah and recite it with meaning, recite it with feeling, recite it with yearning, recite it slowly, linger, try to taste the feeling of love that is being expressed in these words. Then our hearts will also swell up. We will also want that, Ya Allah, I want you to love me like this. I want you to take care of me like this. I want you to be my guardian like this. Ya Allah, I am an ummati of that Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa who you addressed in Quran Wadduha wa layli idha saja ma waddaaka rabbuka wa ma kala Ya Allah say this sentence to me in itikaf Ya Nabi Kareem I feel that maybe you have forsaken me you had abandoned me to my life of sin but Ya Allah you offered me to come for this itikaf you sent some invitation to me you put it in my heart you gave me tawfiq Ya Nabi Kareem is this what you are saying to me ma waddaaka rabbuka wa ma kala can I get this sentence from you can I get this feeling from you? Can I get this expression from you? That I'm also I'm not displeasing to you. I haven't done anything to disappoint you. Yet this is what I want. I want my life also to be ma'tahat. According to this ayah, according to this surah, I want to be exactly the same way. Yet could it be true for me that if I sit in the sunnah itikaf, my life will change. My future will be better. I will have more taqwa than I had. More hayat than I had, more adab than I had, more akhlaq than I had, more sifat and mu'mineen, mu'minana that I had. Can it be for me also that your rahman, fazl and karam will increase on me? And ya 
possible for me also, Ya Rab, that you will become happy with me and you will bestow upon me so much taqwa that I'll be happy once and for all I leave sin. You put upon me so much haya that I'll be happy once and for all I leave shameless, crude sin. Or you will bestow upon me so much sabr that I'll be happy once and for all I leave all the anger that I have. Or you will bestow upon me so much kana'a and zod that I with my so much abstinence and renunciation that I will leave the love of the dunya and chasing of the dunya that I have. Allah, that you will bring me and bestow upon me so much ta'luk and kurb with you. You will give me nisbat ma Allah. You will give me nisbat with you that I will no longer be worried about the taunts and discouraging of the people in this world. Just like my beloved Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. after you recited and revealed the surah, after you revealed the recitation of the surah to him, he no longer felt the taunts and worries and taunts of the people in the world. Hmm? This is how we should, should be our dream. So it's a story of love, but it's a story of yearning for that love, wanting the expression of that love, and then to take those teachings into into our heart, and to bring those teachings into our life, that we mentioned about the poor, the beggar, etc., to take these things into our life. Can we not say this ourselves? That Yerub Bikrim, I was lost. And for us in the shari mana of Dalala, that we were misguided, we were astray, we were khalaf sharia we were doing things, a misguidance, astray, lost. Fahada, Yerub Bikrim, you guided me to masjid. You guided me to kaf. You guided me to fast. You guided me to pray. Yerub Bikrim, so many times I sinned, and still you would give me tawfiq to pray. Hmm? Could it be for me, that Ya Allah, you found me, I'm dependent on my nafs, I'm a slave of my nafs, I'm a creature of my nafs, make me mustaghni of my nafs, free me from these needs, free me from these desires, how long will I try to fulfill this lust? Ya Rabbi Kareem, free me of it, free me of every unlawful lust, every unlawful desire, I can't manage it anymore, I can't control it anymore, I can't sustain it anymore, liberate me Ya Rabb, take me out from this nafs al-ammara, grant me to that nafs mutmainna This is how you should feel when we recite this. So there's so many, the time has ended, but there's so many ma'ani, ma'arif, this is just the tip, and the whole Qur'an is like this. Don't think this is one unique special surah. Whole Qur'an, whole Qur'an, Azim Shan is like this. The whole Qur'an is just the unfolding expression of Allah Ta'ala's love for humanity. The whole Qur'an is just a portal for us to become the lovers of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So we must learn Qur'an with love. We must recite Qur'an with love. We must ponder over Qur'an with love. So this is the month, Ramadan's month of Qur'an. Shahru Ramadan al-Ladhi unzir al-Qur'an. It's the month in which Qur'an was revealed. And the month in which all of the scriptural revelations were revealed. Means all of Hidayah was revealed in this month. And all of expression of Allah Ta'ala's mahabba for insan was done in this month. So this is a special month, Ramadan. So we should use this month to increase our connection with Qur'an. So we talk, guided you through one surah. You should try, find some more passages like this. Read them, recite them, reflect upon them, feel them, then start using them in your salah. It's very important that we must increase the feelings in our salah. And one way we'll do that is increasing the feelings about the Qur'anic passages that we recite in salah. How long are we going to pray just reciting all the time? No, you should try in this month to memorize few more verses. Even few, even if you're a very beginner. 
And mashallah, you women, you will have time. You're eating less, cooking less, preparing less in this month. Try to sit down with Qur'an. Try to hold that Qur'an lovingly. Gaze at the copy Musafi Qur'an lovingly. Try to recite some more Qur'an lovingly. Try to learn Qur'an more lovingly. Try to get some passages that you feel. Feel them like you feel Surah Fatiha. Keep going over the Surah Al-Duha until it becomes like Surah Fatiha for you. And then start praying with these newfound feelings, with these new passages. Then it will be an upliftment for us in Ramadan. So men, women, all of us, we should try at least one few passages of Qur'an that we should try to connect more to with our hearts in this month so that our heart can use those passages of Qur'an to connect more to Allah Ta'ala in our salah. May Allah Ta'ala accept this near from us. May Allah Ta'ala make us people of Qur'an. May He put in our heart all the feelings of Qur'an al-Kareem. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ Alameen. Before we end with zikr and dua, I must remind the women that tomorrow is Juma, so there will be no ladies beyond from myself broadcast from the masjid to you in the school on Fridays. So today, uh, tomorrow Juma and next Friday. And the same thing will be the case for Sunday. In place of that, inshallah ta'ala, tomorrow and Juma and on the following Friday, my wife will inshallah give a bayan to the women, which I think the women will already know about and between yourselves and amongst yourselves, you will learn that schedule and learn about that venue. So on the two Fridays, you will have a bayan, women, from my wife inshallah ta'ala. On Sunday, there is no ladies bayan, but rather it's the practice of this masjid that in Sunday they pray dhuhr early and then they have extra bayan after dhuhr on Sunday. So that you can consider will be the general bayan, both for the men and women, inshallah ta'ala, on Sunday. And that Sunday bayan will be broadcast on the receiver. So you won't have to come to the Zakari Muslim school to listen to that bayan, but you will be able to listen to that bayan in your own homes, inshallah ta'ala. And we make special requests to all the women, especially the women of Stenger, that all of us here, men sitting in itikaf, we make a lot of jazai khair for all of you who are involved in the preparations and the preparing of the food, or that you have let your husbands devote, husbands and sons and brothers and fathers devote their time, the men of Stanger who are doing khidmah of this gathering. So all of us make a lot of dua for all of you, and we all say jazakum ala khair to all of you, and we hope that Allah Ta'ala will bless you also to spend your time in these ten, remaining 10 days, of remaining of the 10 days and nights in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, making dua to Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala accept this near from us. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillah before we make dua, sit and make short, silent zikr of the heart, maraqamah. Close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from the world and everything that it contains. Make near that you're going deep into your ruh, the heart of your ruh, your qalb, and you're turning your heart to the zikr of Allah, that your heart is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah.
Give us a second chance, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Set us right again. Put us in Salat al-Mustaqeem, Ya Rabbi Kareem. And in the future, Ya Rabbi, so many times it has already happened that you would put Hidayah in our heart. Still we chose to go astray. Again you put Hidayah in our heart. Again we chose to go astray. We want to make Tawbah of this once and for all. Now we want to only choose you. We want to choose never again a path leading anything other than you. Ya Rabbi, you put us on this path of Sunnah Itikaf. Keep us steadfast and firm, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Let us value the time that we have left. Protect us from every ghafla. Protect us from every idleness. Make us firm in our deen. Firm in our zikr. Firm in our ibadah. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, let this be a new beginning to our life. A new path to our life. A new direction to our life. And once we ent- exit this itikaf, make our whole life be on the same direction. Let our whole life be on this path of deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, many of us, we are spiritually yateem. We have parents may be alive, but we are spiritual orphans. We orphaned ourselves from the tradition of our deen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us no longer be orphans again. Connect us to the ulama, connect us to awliya, connect us to sulaha, connect us to our mashayikh. Put us in those relationships, Ya Rabb. Let us never be a spiritual orphan again. Grant us a muzaki, grant us a murshid, grant us a murabbi, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Those of us who have our mashayikh, Ya Rabbi Kareem, keep the tender shade of their mercy on us forever. Yet in Bikri, we can never imagine what it would like to be alone without their guidance and shade. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Grant them barakah in their age, barakah in their life, barakah in their deen. Ya Allah, accept all the khidmat of all the awliya, mashayikh of this ummah. Ya Rabbi put qadr for them in the hearts of the ummah. Put awareness of them in the hearts of the ummah. Put recognition of them in the hearts of the ummah. Let all of us do amal once again on kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Yallah, put feelings of compassion in our heart, compassion for the orphan, compassion for the poor, compassion for the needy. Make us true once again. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us the same sunnah feelings for all the orphans and widows and needy that you put in the heart of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Make us people of charity, make us people of kindness. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant us all of the sifat in this month of Ramadan. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, we make special dua for ourselves and for all the men and for all the women. Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from every false love. Now that you unveiled and unfolded for us this true love story, Ya Rabbi Kareem, protect us from every false love, every false attraction, every mahram. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for all the longings that we used to have, all the yearnings we used to have, all the pangs of separation that we felt, all the heartache and heartbreak that we felt. Ya Rabbi, now we know it was all a fraud, all the deception. Rescue us from this fraud of our nafs. Rescue us from the deception of now, Rabb, we only want to feel one love pain, and that is for you. We want to have one heart ache, and that is for you. Let our heart ache for you. Let our heart yearn for you. Let our heart, Ya Rabbi Kareem, be thirsty for you. But Ya Rabbi, be kind with us. We never want to taste those pangs of separation.
sin. Always be near to us. Keep us near to you. Always make us dear to you. Send your kamil rahmah makfara on our heart. Ya Allah, you're a bikrim. Put the feelings back in our salah. The feelings in our Quran. Ya Allah, grant us the ilm of the entire Quran. Grant us the ilm of tafsir of Quran. The ilm of the ma'arif of Quran. Grant us the feelings of Quran. Kifiyati Quran. Ahwali Quran. Ya Rabb, we want to give our hearts to this Quran. Accept it, Ya Rabb. Our hearts are weak, Ya Rabb. You began hudamdan muttaqeen. Ya Rabbikin, we were exempt from that. We were mahroom of that. We were no longer muttaqeen. But this is the month of fasting, Ya Rabb. La'allukum tattakoon. We have hope, Ya Rabb. Grant us that taqwa from this fast. Grant us the huda from Quran. Grant us taqwa from our fast. Grant us that huda from Quran. Now nurture us through Quran. Raise us through Quran. Bring us on Quran. Make us people, make us true, truly the true Ahli Quran. And Ya Rabbi Kareem, put the feelings of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in our heart. Put his sifat and kafiyat in our heart. Make us from the true Ahli Sunnah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us from the Ahli Quran, the Ahli Sunnah. Make us from your mu'minina haqqa, Ya Rabbi. Ya Rabbi, we ask that you accept and honor all the du'as of all the women who are present, all the women who are listening. Send your special mercy on those, Ya Rabbi who are yatim, those who are widow, those who are unmarried, those who are divorced, those who are lost, those who are oppressed, those who are needy, those who are abused. Send your special mercy on them. Put hidayah in the hearts of the men. Make all the men better husbands to their wives. Make all the women better wives to their husbands. Put peace and harmony in our home again. Put sukoon in our marriages again. Put barakah in our homes again. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Help us in our hukuk Allah. Help us in our hukuk al-ibad. Ya Rabbi Kareem, out of your infinite karam, your infinite fuzzle, accept these du'as. Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta samiul alim. Wa tumbu alayna innaka anta tawab al-raheem. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Mirahmatika ya arhamar rahimeen. Inshallah, Allah, all men who wish to remain, there will be inshallah second majlis now by Sheikh Umar in the Masjid Rear Hall to guide you more, facilitate you more deeper on this path of zikr. And those of you who feel confident now, you spend this time in zikr muraqaba. So from 12.15 to 12.45 for Sunnah Muttaqifin, they either make muraqaba in the main Masjid Prayer Hall or they may go to the Masjid Rear area to attend another madras about zikr muraqaba on this path of the soul of tazkiyah. Jazakumullah khair. Inshallah from 12.45 to 1.15 you will have your time for rest, refreshment, preparation for dhuhr. But try to use this prime time of the day. All the rest of the year we give our prime time of day to dunya, to work, to shop, to office, to factory when we are fresh, when we are alert. So try to use this prime time of being fresh and alert in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.